Welcome to the Pet Project Podcast with Sarah, the creator of PetProjectBlog.com. This is your weekly dose of news, views, and activities to help you strengthen the human-animal bond. On today's podcast, I ask Sarah about the benefits of adopting an adult dog or cat. But first, let's hear a recap of the posts from last week on Pet Project. So Sarah, tell me what happened on the site last week. I started out with a post on fearful dogs taken from an incident that I had seen actually quite a while ago with a woman who I think had no idea how afraid one of her dogs was and was just dealing with it in a not productive way. So I offered solutions for dealing with dogs that are afraid of things. Also in the news, there was a report about a vaccine that's been developed for treating people who have allergies to cats, which is good news. My husband, Eric, underwent the series of shots for that, and it takes a long time to build up. And this offers something that is much more quick to add. And I had received um, an email from somebody who's really active in the the people who have dogs diagnosed with megaesophagus, which is apparently a genetic disease. It can also be brought on by illness, but it has to do with the food not going down into the gut of the dog. It stays in the esophagus and eventually stretches the esophagus, hence the megaesophagus. And dogs can actually starve to death, even though they're eating food. It's it's a pretty insidious disease. And there's research underway looking for the genetic markers for that. And there's a call out for any dog who has been diagnosed with megaesophagus before one year of age to submit a DNA swab so you can help in the research of megaesophagus that way. Is there any treatment for it? Um, there's not a cure. There's a management. And one of the, this is a post that gets a lot of hits on my website. There's one of the best ways for managing it is putting your dog in something called a Bailey chair, which is a special kind of high chair built for your dog where your dog sits up upright. So gravity does the work that the dog's, you know, esophagus and everything can't do itself. So no cure, but management. But that isn't the really cool Ikea chair I saw on, on your site no. a couple of weeks ago, huh? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. I gotta um, get one of those now. Yeah. And I will say, if there are any carpenters out there who want to start a business or add something to their business, I get so many people asking where they can buy a Bailey chair made for their dog. Nobody's making them right now. There was someone, but I think that they're suffering an illness right now. There is a desperate need for Bailey chairs because, you know, people who have no handy skills, you know, carpentry skills, they're at a loss. People who live in an apartment, they don't have the space to have a shop or anything like that. So if there's anybody out there who would want to start that, I I know you've got a lot of potential customers out there. Give me a rough idea of what a Bailey chair is. It's it's kind of a three-sided box that is about the length of your dog, and people have done them in different ways, but generally then across the opening, there's a bar that is about shoulder height if the dog was sitting back on its haunches, and the dog rests their feet on that bar so that they're maintaining a, a perpendicular 
position to the ground and they sit in there, they get fed in there and then they sit in there for a certain amount of time afterwards so that gravity does the work to carry the food down to their stomach. Do they need to be trained to take to the box? Yeah, uh, they do. Like with anything that you're introducing an animal to that's new to them, you know, you're going to be a lot better off if you go slowly than if you just throw them into a box that they're stuck in. Mm -hmm. But it's food. So if your dog has any food motivation, they're going to be pretty into getting in that box and getting their food in it. I mean, they're not suffering. It's just kind of odd for them to, you know, they have to get used to it to start out. Great. What's the next post? Um, Then the last thing was the Friday fun, which was Shorty the cat doing cat yoga. And she is a pretty remarkable cat. And her people did a really good job of editing together some snippets of her into a pretty funny video of cat yoga a la Shorty. I just saw it. It's super cute. (laughs) Good. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. So, Sarah, today we're talking about adopting adult dogs and cats. Right. Why should someone adopt an adult dog or cat? Probably the most important is if you're adopting an adult pet from a shelter, you're literally saving a life. They're the last to be adopted. They're the first to be euthanized. People always want kittens and puppies first. You shouldn't be afraid of an adult dog that's in a shelter. Usually they're surrendered because of changes in the owner's life, like a divorce or a move, or they financially can't take care of the animal anymore. And in the cases where the dog has been surrendered for a behavior problem, it's usually the case that the dog is only acting like a dog that hasn't been trained. So if you're willing to put the time in to do some training, this dog won't have any behavior problems. Who is the right type of person and what's the right type of situation for someone to adopt an adult dog? I think pretty much anyone would be happy adopting an adult dog. A young family could benefit from adopting an adult dog because if they have small children, a rambunctious puppy might be too out of control, could knock the kids over. They're still chewing and nipping and, you know, children are much more easily injured. Also, puppies take an incredible amount of supervision. And if you're already busy supervising your children, you may not have the time to do everything that you need to do to keep a puppy safe because they're going to get into everything. They're going to chew everything. They're learning about their world, and you really have to watch them to keep them safe and to keep them from wrecking your home. You know, a young couple or a single person would benefit from having an adult dog because that dog is ready to go. You don't have to wait for it to grow up to go hiking or to go, you know, boating traveling, anything like that, that dog is pretty much, you know, ready to go. An older person would benefit from adopting an adult dog because the dog will be calmer. Again, you know, you won't have this puppy that's running around knocking people over and that sort of thing. Also, older people have more delicate skin and any nipping or anything like that is likely to break the skin. Whereas with a younger person, uh, it's not. This is probably a silly question, but why are people attracted to getting puppies and kittens in the first place? It's instinct. We're wired to be attracted to babies, big eyes, 
heads bigger in proportion to the body and kittens and puppies are built the same way and we have this instinct to nurture so i think that there's there's a lot of instinct going into that and people want to raise their substitute child yep. <laughs> in one way or another right and shape them to right. be the puppy or or cat that they want right and i also think that people think that if they get an adult pet it won't be bonded to them in the same way that a, a puppy or a, a kitten would be. So that's a myth. I think that's completely untrue. Um, I've seen it in personal example. I've seen it with friends and family who've adopted adult cats and dogs. If you're sharing your life with that animal and you're, you know, the animal is living inside with you and participating in your day-to-day life, that animal is going to be bonded with you. It doesn't matter if it was a kitten or a puppy. Our dog was six months old when we got her, and she's more bonded to me and Eric than a lot of people's dogs that they had as puppies. And it's because we include her in our lives. I'd imagine another reason that people would get a puppy or a kitten is they have more time with the dog in their life. I mean, for example, how how long is a dog's life? Right. All but the largest breeds of dogs average over 10 years. So if the dog is already a year old, you still have most of its life with it. Cats live even longer. They can easily live into their mid-teens. So you've got a, a good long time with them before they die. And that's an important distinction is, is where is the mark where you say, okay, this is now an adult dog or cat. Mm-hmm. You, you said uh, past a year of a dog's life, now it's an adult. So they stop looking like babies when they're about probably three or four months old. They will still have all of the energy and the behavior issues, but they won't be as cute. And that's one reason why animal shelters are filled with six-month-old dogs. Because people got them as puppies when they were cute, and it was still cute that they were nipping your heels and that they liked to chew on your shoes and all of that because it was this adorable little puppy, and people don't put any effort into training them. They hit about six months. They now look more like an adult dog. They still have these behaviors, and it's not cute anymore. So they get turned in, and it's a similar sort of thing with cats. I think in that instance, a lot of times it's if the cat hasn't been adopted before it hits that age, it won't be adopted because it's not a cute kitten anymore and it just can't compete with a roly-poly, spastic little kitten. And how old is an adult cat? They start looking like an adult, I think, by the time they're about five, six months old. And they don't really mature probably until they're maybe a year and a half. Okay. You know, and then they start losing some of the, then they start behaving more like an adult cat. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to an adopt adult, an adult pet, mm-hmm. a year or older would be the, the rough definition of, of when they are an adult animal. I would say six months. Six on. months. Okay. Yeah. Because they, they're physically mature at about six months. And part of what that means with a dog is that when their body is physically mature, their bladder is physically mature, and that means that house training is so much easier. That's one of the reasons why puppies, you know, when they hit six months, they get turned in is because people haven't put the effort into house training them, and they, 
you know, they don't want to live with a dog that pees in the house anymore. Puppies need to be let out to go to the bathroom every two to three hours around the clock. That's a lot. And the first time a dog pees in the house, it's going to be harder to keep that dog from peeing in the house the second time. And it just progresses. So when you get a a physically mature dog, say at six months, you know, you still need to do house training and you need to let them out, but you don't have to get up in the middle of the night repeatedly to let them out to go to the bathroom. Let's talk more about that training aspect. So when people think about adopting an adult dog, are they worried that maybe they were trained wrong and they're facing an uphill battle to steer the the dog in a different direction? I think a lot of people think that they're going to be getting a dog with bad habits. And I think that it's possible, but not necessarily all that likely. For one, like I said, most of the dogs that are turned in because of behavior problems are because they weren't trained. On the other hand, a lot of times when you do adopt an adult dog, you get one that has been trained. Shelters know that adult dogs are the hardest to be adopted, so they put energy into training them before they put any energy into training puppies because a dog that knows how to sit or lie down or to walk on a leash is much more appealing to people as a a potential pet. One of the reasons why dogs are a successful species is because they're incredibly adaptable. They live in all parts of the world. They adapt to cities. They adapt to rural areas. Um, And that happens in your household, too. Change can be difficult for them, but they really can adapt if you give them the time and you teach them. Saffron didn't even know how to go upstairs when we got her. She didn't know anything about living inside. And within probably two weeks she was really starting to understand what living inside meant, that um, she wasn't eating around the clock, that she got fed at specific times, that she got let out to go to the bathroom. She started understanding, you know, things like a toilet flushing or uh, the microwave beeping, you know, things like that. This was stuff she'd never been exposed to, and within weeks she knew what was going on. So I really think that... If you're patient and you think about what you're doing, a dog can pretty much adapt to any situation. And Saffron is how old now? She's seven and a half, actually. And what kind of breed is Saffron? She, we think, is a mix probably between Border Collie, uh, Australian cattle dog, and probably some lab, but she's a mystery dog. Just thinking about other advantages that there might be to adopting an adult dog uh, as opposed to a puppy. With a puppy you don't know exactly what you're going to get, do you? Right. It's going to grow into a larger dog with a particular personality, but there's a lot of unknowns, I would guess. Right. If you're adopting an adult dog, you know that you're getting a small dog or a large dog. Sometimes people are told, yes, this is going, you know, this is a a puppy or a, a poodle schnauzer mix. And it turns out that there's no way it's a poodle schnauzer mix because it ends up being a 55 pound dog. If you're expecting and planning for a little dog and it grows into this giant thing, you know, that has impact space-wise, the amount of food that you have to feed it, um, it, you know, it, it affects 
your life. Also, if you want a dog that has an easy to care for coat temperament is another thing that you'll be able to have more information about if it's an adult dog, especially if it's in a foster home, they can tell you if it's, you know, has a high prey drive and so won't be good with cats. If it's nervous around children, all sorts of things like that. Whereas a puppy, you really have no idea what you're getting. You know, some of it is exposure, but some of it is just the personality of that puppy. So with an adult dog, you you can know better about what you're going to be getting as a dog. When you go to the animal shelter and adopt or are looking to adopt a, mm-hmm. a dog or a cat for that matter, is there any chance that you can contact the previous owner if you have a particular concern? Not usually. They probably are worried about privacy issues now, but a lot of people lie when they turn in an animal. Um, a lot of shelters don't get you know very good information. A lot of dogs are just a mystery. People lie about why they're turning them in. It's wonderful if you can find a rescue organization that uses foster homes, and more and more uh, shelters are doing that, including municipal shelters. So it's not just private, nonprofit shelters. When they're in a foster home situation, those people can see this animal behaving in a more normal surroundings and can really learn a lot about them. So it's really wonderful if you can find an animal that has, you know, spent time in a foster home. What motivation would people have to lie to the animal shelter when they turn a pet in? Are they worried the animal shelter won't take it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Shame. I think sometimes people are turning in somebody else's, like another relative's dog. People don't want to say, I don't want this dog. You know, they say, oh, it does this or, you know, this is the problem. They want it to be something where the staff can't argue with them about it and has to take the dog. People don't want to take responsibility. And so they they fudge and just outright lie. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. The flip side is, is that it can be hard to surrender an animal. The The people in the rescue organizations and the shelters... They don't want to take an animal that could stay in a home because that's one more animal that they, you know, have to take responsibility for and find a new home for, euthanize. So they really try to keep people with their pets. Um, Can a shelter say no, we don't want to take your pet? Yeah. How often does that happen, do you think? I'm not sure how often it happens. I mean, there are some, like, private organizations that will not take in pit bulls which is ridiculous. I don't know about municipal ones. I do know in one instance when Eric and I hadn't lived here for very long, we found a puppy in a parking lot and had no identification or anything. And we lived in a studio apartment with two cats and there was no way we could, you know, even take this pet, this dog puppy. We couldn't take this puppy even for a short amount of time. And we didn't really, we didn't have any friends who had a yard. So we had to do something that day. And I didn't want to take it to the municipal shelter because it wasn't a no-kill shelter. So we drove all the way up to a community north of where we were and took it to what I knew was a no-kill organization that I actually had sent donations to. What I didn't know was that they would not take an animal that wasn't from that community. And they were irritated with me for bringing it up there. The front desk was 
completely packed with people turning in animals. So I could understand their frustration, but I also was shocked because I got their literature and I still had no idea that they wouldn't take a a dog that wasn't there. So that's one reason why people will lie. You know, now I know if I want to take a dog up to that no-kill shelter, I say that I found it in that community. If that's what, if I want them to take it, that's why people lie. I mean, that's one of the reasons. And they don't require proof or anything. They don't require that you show them your dog license. Well, okay. If you say you found it. Ah, okay. You know, and I think that's another thing that people do is they'll say, I found this dog and it's really their dog. Right. Right. I think that happens. Now, what if you already have a pet at home, either an adult dog already Mm -hmm. or a puppy or a kitten? Mm -hmm. How might that affect your decision to adopt an adult pet? I think in that situation, it's probably the best answer is to adopt an adult dog, especially if you have an elderly dog at home, which I think is the case a lot of time with people. A puppy is just very likely to be too much for an older dog. They don't have the same amount of patience as they used to have, and puppies are relentless. They will do everything that they can to get that dog to play. And puppies, it's a lot harder to control their instinct to chase things. So if you have cats at home, you're going to have a lot harder time keeping that puppy from going after those cats than you are with an adult animal that doesn't have that play, chase, drive quite so much. So far, we've been talking a lot about adopting an adult dog. What are the different considerations that you would make considering Uh, adopting an adult cat. Right. Again, the most important thing probably is that you're saving a life. Kittens are the first to be adopted. Adult cats are the first to be euthanized. The other thing that we found out about when we were trying to find a younger cat for our young cat, we, we, I would have adopted an adult cat, but for us, it wasn't going to be a good match. In some parts of the country and other countries where the winters are particularly cold and the days are very short, there's such a thing as kitten season. So you can adopt an adult cat year-round. You can't necessarily adopt a kitten year-round. So that's one of the differences. A few of the things are actually similar to why you would consider adopting an adult dog. An adult cat is more likely to be litter box trained, whereas kittens may not be quite so much. They also don't require the same amount of supervision that kittens need. Kittens need a ton of supervision. They can climb anywhere. They get stuck everywhere. They'll eat anything. <laughs> you know, they're, they really require a lot of supervision. Similar to why adult dogs are in shelters, Adult cats tend to be surrendered because of changes in the owner's life, divorce, and that sort of thing. Or they're kittens that have reached six months and don't look like kittens anymore. And so they're just not as appealing to people, and they basically languish in the animal shelters and get older and older. If you have a situation like that where you have a kitten in a shelter, but it doesn't look like a kitten anymore. Mm-hmm. It's grown to mostly full size, mm-hmm. but I imagine it still needs a certain amount of training and socialization and so forth. Does that happen in a shelter for cats at that stage in their lives? 
It's harder in a shelter situation, but again, a lot of rescue groups are really relying on foster homes, which I just can't say enough about. It's amazing. They have such more normal lives instead of living in a cage. They live in a home. So in a lot of situations, that's not really going to be an issue. I think it can be something that can be overcome if it is an issue just by, you know, showing that animal kindness and socializing it in your own home. In college, I adopted an adult cat that Mm -hmm. we named Jack. Me and my roommate named him Jack. Oh, neat. And it was a lot of fun. I I don't regret it at all. Yeah. It it was very playful. I mean, you have a kitten. Obviously, the kitten is playful and rambunctious and does cute things. But there's a lot of negative aspects to having a kitten as well. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't have to worry about Jack being ready to play. He was really interested in the little feather toy and everything. Tell me more about that. I think as long as cats are in fairly good health, they will be playful the rest of their lives. Our cat Sage is diabetic and has had some pretty severe side effects with neuropathy to where her balance just isn't very good and she's kind of wobbly, but she loves to play. I put her on her bed and she runs around on her bed after the laser light, that sort of thing. You know, she doesn't feel great, but that play instinct is still really strong. So you're not going to end up with a boring old cat just because you get an older cat and not a kitten. Mm -hmm. And you're right. The kittens, they can play nonstop whether you want them to or not. In fact, they get themselves in trouble sometimes. Yes. And also they can be doing that at three in the morning. I mean, there's like the midnight crazies where, you know, people's houses explode because all the cats have just gone bonkers and it's even worse with kittens. You sometimes lose them. Yes. They sometimes are found hanging off the top of the refrigerator. Yeah. And And as, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, our cat crow, He broke a lamp, launching himself past it. You know, he wasn't even trying to get the lamp. He just was oblivious to it in his effort to get a moth, I think. So shattered a lamp. He launched himself at windows to get bugs and ripped down three different sets of curtains. Uh, He's broken curtain rods hanging off of them. You know, he's just, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that can be expensive. (laughs) What do you have to take into account as far as kittens' health versus an adult cat's health when you're making that decision? My experience has been that kittens are a lot more fragile, not just physically, but their immune systems aren't as well developed. They seem to just catch anything. Also, in my experience, kittens have pretty wonky digestive tracts, which means that they're way more prone to diarrhea, which if you add in that kittens aren't the best groomers is really gross. So once our cats hit about a year old, their digestive tracts seem to stabilize like the fauna and flora in their stomach seem to be working better and there weren't bouts of diarrhea and stuff. But with kittens, that seems to be a pretty ever present issue. Usually adult cats are already spayed and neutered, and they've had all their vaccinations. So that initial out-of-pocket expense 
isn't there that you might have with kittens. People who are interested in getting a specific breed for whatever reason don't have to get a puppy either. There are breed-specific rescue groups all over, um, all over the U.S. and in other countries where you can adopt an adult purebred German Shepherd or Labrador or mm-hmm. Cocker Spaniel. They're there for the same reasons. People got them as a puppy. They hit six months or more. They're not cute anymore, and they don't have time for them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to necessarily get a mixed-breed dog as an adult. You can get a purebred dog also. And the same goes for uh, purebred cats. There are purebred cat rescue groups out there too. So mm-hmm. just look on online at a place like PetFinder.com. The cuteness of a puppy and a kitten lasts a few months and then it's gone forever and that you're going to have an adult animal anyway if you can just forego those few months of cuteness you can have an amazing companion and a companion that really needs you to adopt it because they really they're the last ones to go and they're the first ones to be euthanized so you get all the good aspects of having a cat or a dog without the really irritating aspects of chewing up your house, peeing on your rugs, all that sort of thing, shredding your curtains. <laughs> Next week, Sarah tells us about her dog Saffron's broken tooth and ways you can save money on the luxuries and the necessities for your pet. If you'd like to learn more about the site, visit us on the web at petprojectblog.com And to be sure that you get the podcast every Tuesday, go to iTunes and subscribe. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another installment of the Pet Project Podcast.